Hey, hey, happy Wednesday. It's Gary. Winning cures everything. We got a lot to talk about on today's show. It was a barn burner, like usual. George Pickens injured in practice for Georgia. NCAA tournament talk. We got NHL referees caught on a hot mic saying stuff they definitely shouldn't have. I mean, all kind of stuff. Lincoln Riley is a piece of crap, apparently. Uh, but we'll let Chris explain that during the show. Philly signed Joe Flacco. Stuff going on with the Bucks and uh, the Washington football team. All kind of stuff to talk about today. Uh, before we get into it, though, go and check out winningcureseverything.com. Make sure you are subscribed to the site. We appreciate you guys for listening to the show, for sure. So go ahead and do us a favor and uh, and share the show out. Tell your friends. And if you aren't already, subscribe on YouTube, etc. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, even though you're listening to it, uh, go ahead and knock that out as well. We would certainly appreciate it. So, uh, do us a favor, knock that stuff out, and uh, and let's go ahead. And before we get started, we'll uh, we'll drop in some ads. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. It's Wednesday, March 24th. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we have got a lot of news to discuss today, man. Chris, how are you? I'm doing all right. It has been uh, an entire week since we actually came on and did a live show. And, yeah. And I, I got to tell you, I have missed it very much. <laughs> the The solo shows are fun, but uh, but us getting together and actually going over a bunch of this stuff, like I, I feel like that's where we where we shine. That is where we are at our best. So. <laughs> All right, first things first, winningcureseverything.com is the website. We've got a new layout. Go and check it out. Uh, I have spent way too many hours on that. My wife would tell you that as well, but uh, but go ahead and check it out. Let us know what you think about it. If you like it, if you don't, what we need to change up. If you come across any broken links or anything like that, let me know. Our picks page is back up and running. It looks better than it has in probably a year. I tried to get a little too fancy with it this time last year, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what happens when there's a pandemic and you're just begging for things to do while you're sitting in the house. So I have changed it up. It looks better, I believe. Uh, so go and check that out. WinningCuresEverything.com. There's pics, podcasts, everything else. All the stuff you need to know about us, you can find it right over there. Uh, we have our bracket challenge and whatnot that's going on over on ESPN's website. 
You can check that out if you just search out on the tournament challenge page. Just search out Winning Cures Everything. And I am number 13 as of right now. Chris, you are a few spots behind me. Just, uh, a, just a hair. Just a little to the bit. Bottom. I, however, have the most available points remaining. I still have all of my Final Four teams. I have six of my Elite Eight teams. I feel okay. But the way that things have gone, I have no idea what to expect anymore. <laughs> so... So who knows? Um, but we'll we'll talk more about the tournament here in just a little bit. SBR, sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. That is your one-stop shop if you would like to go and check out our college football gambling content. We have a weekly show that pops up on Wednesdays on the YouTube page for them. You can go search them out, SBR Picks on YouTube. Very easy to find. And, uh, and we have... A weekly off-season show, even though there's really no off-season, but we give FCS picks. We talk about the upcoming games. We talk about the latest news in the sport, etc. And that will continue on all the way through this upcoming season, etc. Lots to dig into with that. So check it out, sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. Uh, we talked about the bracket challenge. Let's move into the biggest news of the day from a college football standpoint. And that would be George Pickens, wide receiver from Georgia, tore his ACL in a non-contact uh, drill today. And it it doesn't appear to be making a lot of news. Like, it's not one of the major headlines on ESPN or anything like that, but this is a massive, massive ordeal. They lost I their, just don't think anybody's talking about college football right now. I mean, I, I guess not, but my gosh, this is... A, first off, it is March 24th. There's no way he's coming back for the season, right? Well, no. That's no, I mean it's it's. I mean we we've never seen anybody come back. I mean the earliest maybe the national championship game something like that, but yeah. I don't even think then. I mean that would be that'd be eight know, months, ten months, eight months, eight months. Yeah, nine months. Yeah, I mean that's it's nuts. I guess yeah. If it's January first, it would be nine months. Yeah, maybe, maybe by then. <clears throat> but this is a. An absolute killer. This was JT Daniels' most dependable receiver at this point. They lost uh, Blaylock uh, at the beginning of last season to another non-contact injury. Like, these things are are not good. They're just not good at all. So, uh, I, I can't explain how devastating this injury is for an offense that was getting ready to just let her rip this year. Like, Todd Munkin in that offense, completely different unit than what you saw at the beginning of last season. They were looking so much better towards the end of the season, and they were gearing up for a national championship run. And now, I mean, who knows, right? Who knows what's going to happen? But uh, but just absolutely ridiculous. Um, you hate to see that kind of stuff. I I hate it. I, I wish that there was something better going on, but yeah. um, but it is what it is. So I'm, uh, I'm double-checking to see. We have not gotten a single comment in. And I don't know if it's because I'm not uh, I'm not connected to the chat or not. Um, no, but I don't see a comment coming through at all. Okay, well, if anybody wants to jump in on the chat, you can do so. Any of the different platforms that you are on, uh, YouTube, Periscope, maybe Facebook, they just don't want to talk to us today. It's entirely possible. Who knows? Uh, there we go, Ben. I feel bad for Pickens, but haha, I hate Georgia and Kirby's bowl cut. Yeah, that's. I think a lot of people feel like that. Um, anybody that's yeah. not a Georgia fan, but I still hate it for the kid. Like he, well, yeah, you hate it for you, you hate it for him, but I mean, you know, this this stuff happens and it sucks, and you know what can you do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it is what it is. I I hate it. Uh, I I don't know what to make of it. Maybe it's early enough that they can find another receiver 
But, whew, I mean, this is this is something serious. Like I, I, I cannot explain. I cannot express how devastating of an injury this is for an offense that was getting ready to go. So, moving on from there, let's jump into NCAA tournament notes. And and we're not going to talk for long about this. I mean, it's the middle of the week. Sweet 16 isn't until Saturday. We're going to have another show between now and then. Lots to dig into with that. We'll give out our picks on the next show for the Sweet 16. But, uh, but man, we have you and I have not gotten together and been able to discuss. We first watched the opening round together, so that's yep. that was a lot of fun. Uh, but there are upsets galore in this thing right now. Um, it is the highest total seed number in history. Oral Roberts, another 15 seed, making it to the Sweet 16. The last one that did that would be, do you remember who it was? 15 seed making it that Fif- far? 15 seed. Upset upset Georgetown and Otto Porter in the first round. 2013. Loyola? Nope, it would be Florida Gulf Coast. Andy Infield was the coach. And okay. they were, uh, what was it, dunk you or whatever. Yep. So, I mean, it was it was pretty nuts. Uh, Andrew Shirey jumped in. Hey, number 17 for a guy who hasn't watched a basketball game this year in half bad. Hey, I am, uh, I am number two in the Westlap Pirates women's bracket pool, and I have not watched a single women's game all year. <laughs> so that is the way it goes. I, these things are, are bananas. Uh, so, yes, we have a 15 seed. Oral Roberts is in there. You have uh, Villanova, who a lot of people did not expect to make it without Colin Gillespie. However, they went through Winthrop and North Texas to get there. They just have drastically more talent than those two. Uh, Florida Gulf Coast, yes. Um, they were they were dunk you, I guess. Like it, I remember it, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so lots of fun back in 2013. Uh, and Andy Enfield turned it into a big time job at USC. He's been there ever since. And I mean, who knows? Maybe for Paul Mills, this ends up being some you know some big thing. He'll uh, he'll get out of Oral Roberts, but I mean, we'll see. I don't know. This it it feels a little fluky. I mean, they were 18 and 10 getting into the tournament. Like I, who knows? But Oral Roberts did play a ton of a ton of teams. This uh this game against Arkansas, like they've already played Arkansas once this year. Like they they played them and they were up by ten at the half. Now they got outscored by twenty one in the second half. Uh, as far as other upsets, USC they have made it all the way through. Oregon upset Iowa, but they didn't have to play a first round game. That probably helped a little bit. Uh, USC got through Kansas, who I feel like was drastically overseeded, and you know, and they they beat Drake, who. A lot of people question whether or not they should even be in the tournament. Um, other upsets, UCLA is into the Sweet 16 as an 11 seed. They've played three games to get there, so I guess that takes up for Oregon. Um, other than that, I mean, Oregon State and Syracuse, that's the other two big ones. Oregon State was was the shocker for me. That's that's just a bad team, just an awful team that, that got hot. Like and I, they got hot. I mean, they look good in their own conference tournament. Yeah, I mean, they had to win the conference tournament to get in. They were they were the other yeah. one besides Georgetown that just and then and then, the and then to go on the run that they've gone on and they haven't beaten two bad teams. And so Tennessee is like I don't know how much we can trust Rick Barnes in the tournament. That's one thing, but to go in and beat Oklahoma State with Cade Cunningham, that is something else. I mean that that was that was a incredibly uh, impressive impressive win. I will say that. And now they get to play against Loyola Chicago, which 
I think I give them a pretty sizable dog in that game, too. And they're a seven-point underdog in that game. I was just about to say, I mean, yeah. it's a. I saw that number, and I was like, ooh. I mean, Loyola Chicago is a top-ten Ken Palm team, but... Yeah, they're a good team. They're a good team that just got seeded badly. Yeah, I, I fully and we're And we're seeing that. We're realizing that. And so, they are a dog there, but I, I think they got more of a shot against Loyola Chicago than, than they did against Illinois, I think. Like, I think, I think Illinois matched up better against Oregon State than Loyola Chicago does, but... Either way, I do think Loyola Chicago is probably going to cover that game. But either way, Syracuse jumping in as an 11 seed. They had to beat 6 seed San Diego State and then 3 seed West Virginia. Uh, If you look at the stats on that, neither one of those teams was great at defending the three. Uh, Houston, however, is like number 10 in three-point field goal um, uh, defensive efficiency. And I think they are probably going to get stopped in this. But a lot of people love Syracuse. Buddy Bayheim, that's become a hell of a story. You know, he is... uh, He's Jim's son. Like that, it's a fun story. There are some fun storylines in the tournament right now, right? Yeah, and he's really good too. This is not one of those situations where this is just coach's son. Oh no, no, you no. You know, I mean, this guy's shooting the lights out. Well, he he was a walk on, and then he earned a scholarship. Like he yep. came on and earned a scholarship on that team. Uh, not that he necessarily needed it, because obviously his coach is the or his dad is the coach. So it's that's know, right. Is what it is. Uh, ben said Houston played really bad against Rutgers. Well, that's because Rutgers knows how to muck it up, and Syracuse plays differently than Rutgers does. Uh, matchups make fights, man. That's uh, our styles make fights, and and that you will see it in this one. I promise. Uh, ben said, yeah, Texas played really bad. Uh, you already knew Texas was going to be Texas. Um, yeah, I mean that's one hundred percent right on that. Shaka Smart. I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes the Marquette head coach after this. He's from Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin, or sorry, Milwaukee. Marquette, golly, I can't get my words straight today. Marquette has the third biggest basketball budget of any school in the country behind Kentucky and Duke. How insane is that? That's, I mean, that's pretty insane. And so I I would imagine that they would, you know, that that they'll go after Shaka. I don't know anybody else that's going to necessarily want the job right now. There, I take that back. There are plenty of people that want the job. I think Shaka is the best candidate there. I don't think Shaka fits at Texas. I, I just, I don't think they're going to be real happy with him losing to Abilene Christian uh, in the tournament. Uh, rolling through some of the comments, uh, I would take credit over my Abilene Christian pick, but that was pure luck. Yeah, I think a lot of people would. <laughs> uh, ben said, I picked them to win it all. Uh, McKinnon said, not going to lie, since I don't have a team in this NCAA tourney and there's a ton of upsets, this might be my favorite year so far of just enjoying the tourney for what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Birdie jumps in. Houston was uh, misseeded, in my opinion. The Orange are running really well. I hope they keep it going. Um, We shall see. I mean, that's the fun thing about this tournament. You never know what's going to happen. So I am excited about it. Uh, The biggest storylines right now, Big Ten overrated. I don't know that you can say that from a, a... single elimination tournament can you no so here's here's how i always take these things because the same thing happens in bowl games okay yeah like like we'll have a season where the big 12 just looks like trash but the big 12 gets matched up against a bunch of teams that either are a lot better than them but they don't care or teams that they are just substantially better than and then they roll off a bunch of big bowl games and everyone says well look they were you know they, they were underrated the whole year. No, 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 no. Let's just be real careful about just saying at the end of the year, teams – now, the difference between this and a bowl game is the bowl game does not matter at all. Yeah. And this is a one-done, winner-go-home tournament, so it should matter, right? Right. The, the issue is is sometimes matchups play into this, 
we all think Illinois just got matched up with Loyola in, at a bad spot at a bad time. And, and if, if somehow they, uh, you know, they were to, they were to be in a different bracket or match up against somebody else, it, it probably would have turned out differently. Yes, okay. absolutely. Now, if we want to talk about numbers and whatnot, about the Big Ten having, what, like four teams in the top ten and Ken Palm and all that kind of mess, like the numbers, Ken Palm came out and said it. Like, we needed more non-conference games to really give good numbers on our advanced analytics. Yes, like, well, and therein lies that, like, Pat Forty broke this down on the Yahoo College podcast uh, last night, this morning, and uh, and basically said, you know, we, we got to get rid, especially in a season like this, you have to throw out the resume of quad one wins, quad two wins, because teams like Loyola, they had no quad one wins, but they couldn't play any quad one teams because nobody was doing interconference play, very limited interconference play. Yep. And and so where was the opportunity for them to do it? They rolled, you know, they won 24 games in a row and they beat the hell out of everybody. So they can only do what what's in front of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's really impressive, obviously, what they've done. But we the numbers, I mean, you, you say it a lot. You know, stats lie. Numbers stats lie. lie. All the time. They lie all it, the damn time. Except and we for, see it in tournaments like hold this. On, except for when they don't. In, in certain things, for example, like we don't give some mid-majors enough credit. Iona played really well against Alabama. And, I mean, Alabama only took 16 three-pointers in that game. 16 attempts for the entire game. Alabama turned around against Maryland, who most people would say is a better team than Iona, and made 16 threes on 33 attempts. Well, that's partly because Iona was the number 23 team against the three-pointer in the country all season. And yes, what they do. They, they, right, they run people they off defend. the three-point line. Maryland, sure. however, was number 204. You can see stuff like that that pops up. Sometimes stats don't lie, but a lot of the times they do. You can see where they do. For sure. Um, and a lot of that, the Big Ten kind of propping themselves up, I think that it helped out with that a lot. I think so. So, uh, Bertie, NFL future, but uh, hold on. Uh, ben, let's see. Do not compare this tournament to the Duke's Mayo Bowl. <laughs> um, Loyola 2021 champs. Damien jumps in with that. Bertie uh, said he's, uh, he's betting the Browns to win the North at plus 190 at bet 365. Um, he said, I don't think it'll be this high again. It was like plus 200 uh, at a couple of spots offshore just the other day. So, yeah. I mean, what, I, don't be so sure that it won't be this high again. I bet it's going to be higher at some point. Uh, Andrew jumps in again. I haven't watched many games, but if Alabama plays like they did against Maryland, they're going to make it far. Well, that's the issue, right? Uh, you ain't going to be able to hit threes like that all the time. Um, but it is like if they, they keep splashing 16 threes a game, like it, nobody can really keep up with that, but... Who knows? They are just as likely to get beat by UCLA as they are to uh, to beat Gonzaga in the Final Four and make it to the championship game. So, we shall see with that. Uh, the Pac-12 being underrated. Was the Pac-12 really underrated? I don't think so. Look, at it, it, we, it, have we talked about this? No. About who they've actually played? I was just about to say, it comes back down to the same thing. It's is, matchups. Is, is we can only judge what we saw. UCLA beat Michigan State, who... We can not say good. is, you know, whatever. Not a good Michigan State team. BYU after that, who yep. we think was good. They were 20-5 and five or 20-6, and six, excuse me. Yeah. Um, Abilene Christian after that, who had it not been for that, UCLA would have been playing Texas. I think Texas is a much worse matchup for them. Um, USC beat Drake, and then they beat a vastly overrated Kansas, I believe. Uh, Oregon 
only had to beat Iowa to get to the Sweet 16. They didn't have to play VCU. Colorado beat Georgetown and then got beat by Florida State. Um, Oregon State beat Tennessee and then Oklahoma State. Like, there's a couple of impressive wins in there. But for the most part, like, these were just good matchups. That's right. So, I, I don't think there's anything to take away from these narratives that are out there that the Big Ten was underrated or the Pac-12 is, you know, or the Big Ten was overrated and the Pac-12 was underrated. I just think this is sometimes what happens. So I agree. It is what it is. Let's jump off the, uh, the NCAA tournament. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Did you see about the uh, the NHL, man? Yes, I did. About oh, yeah, the referee? It happened, it happened against the Preds, man. So, Tim Peel is the referee's name. And he was banned because he got caught on a hot mic. Or not not even banned. He has been fired from the NHL. Yeah, I was now, say, he's he was, been fired. He was due to retire at the end of this season anyway. He's 53 years old. He was, he was done. Um, but in this situation, uh, so Campbell who is uh, the vice president of hockey operations for the NHL. He said uh, that Peel would no longer be working NHL games now or in the future. Uh, He said, nothing is more important than ensuring the integrity of our game. Tim Peel's conduct is in direct contradiction to the adherence uh, to that cornerstone principle that we demand of our officials and that our fans, players, coaches, and all those associated with our game expect and deserve. Uh, There's no justification for his comments, no matter the context or his intention, and the National Hockey League will take any and all steps necessary to protect the integrity of the game. Now, this is what he said. 12.42 remaining in the second period. The Nashville broadcast captured audio from Peel saying, it wasn't much, but I wanted to get an effing penalty against Nashville early. Yep. He admitted on a mic that he wanted to get a penalty against Nashville. That's right. How many other sports do you think this happens in? I bet a lot. I bet all of them. I bet all of yeah, them. There, so, there are makeup calls. There are refs that do this. Yes. That, that, you know. Makeup calls, everything else, like all that stuff. It's all real. And, and firing this one guy is a it good PR move. It. But, but it's it, the NBA's problem of Tim Donahue. I mean, Tim Donahue's got a podcast out, by the way. That's just, it's really? basically a series. It's not a, uh, it's not an ongoing podcast. Okay. It's a, it's a series of, of somebody who covered the Tim Donahue situation. And it's really good, but I mean, he he talked about how this they want to pay, paint me as the scapegoat. I I did it, and then I did my time, and that's fine. So if if you think I was the only the lonely, you, you're sadly mistaken. A hundred percent. He said that he can watch games now and tell you who's doing what because he knows what he's looking for. I I could believe it. I I feel like I you and I could sit here. And if we really wanted to pay attention, especially during the NCAA tournament, yeah. figure out, okay, who wants the over, who wants the under, who's got one side, who like you can you can almost see it. So, you know, we, we like to talk about the integrity of the game. I mean, these are still humans, man. Yeah. Like it's stuff like this is gonna go on, it's gonna continue. Uh, but the fact that it, the NHL, like they actually caught it on a mic. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. And then you fire a guy, and you make it seem like, oh, we did our job. We did our job. (laughs) 
the fact that he was so casual talking about it to somebody else tells you that other somebody he was talking to has probably done this stuff too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was the other referee. So Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The fact that they were having a casual conversation about it tells me that this is not the first time they've had this conversation, and it tells me that they both are understanding of what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, ben jumped in. He said that we have uh, East Coast bias. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. Uh, uh, talk, talking about the Predators. <laughs> like we were the, our Nashville Predators. Oh, uh, yeah, they're our Predators. That's yeah, right. That's it, because they're right down the street from us. It makes that's sense. That's right. Uh, ben said, so what happens is refs try to even out penalties because that is what the NHL wants. He just said the thing he's not supposed to say out loud. Well, but it was 1242 left in the second period. Like, it wasn't time to even out penalties at that point. So, yeah, I was about to say, yeah, you're 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 barely into the second period. If you if you think you're super lopsided on one side and you just got to get a penalty on the other, that that kind of quick in the game, I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah, Ben said, if anyone really wants to learn about hockey, watch the hockey guy on YouTube. Great guy. Okay, I'll, I'll give a shout out. I hadn't watched it, but either way, Ben recommends. Uh, he said the rule book is so fluid and situational in the NHL. The ref even went to explain this to the Nashville bench. Um, yeah, I mean the the playback showed that there wasn't a foul, and yet and yet they called it anyway. So, is what it is. Moving on from there, let's talk a, a little NFL. And I think you're going to be really pleased with this. The Washington football team, Jason Wright, has said that it looks like they are going to keep the name football team. Now, they're still looking at other options and whatnot, but rather than do a full reset of the team, he said, you know, a lot of people are kind of warming up to this name, I think we're just going to keep it because it it was what the team was called way before it was the Redskins. I'm going to tell you, I like it. I do too. I, I, I've, I've said that on the show. I've told you many times, told the guys in the group text, I, I like the football team. I do as well. Um, I, I don't know what they would change it to. Like I, It just, it just kind of works. There are other options that I do like a lot, okay? Well, there's one other option that I like a lot, and I'm okay with if, if they go whatever – I kind of like the football team. It has, and it, I don't even think this was a thing where it had to grow on me. I I kind of liked it early last year. Yeah, like no, as you, soon as you games were. were being played, and I'm picking games, and I'm picking the football team, and I'm I'm getting used to calling them the football team. I like it. I'm okay with that. I uh, I like it this as well. Does, the, this does the one thing that I want us to stop doing in sports. What the hell do we need mascots for? The so the other name that you liked is uh, the Red Tails, right? I do like the and Red Tails. I, I like, I like the well. history behind it. I like the color scheme. I like I like a lot of that. I think that's really cool. Um, but I'm but I'm perfectly okay with the football team. I'm not just okay with it. I like it. I I'm, enjoy I'm it. okay. I'm okay with it. I mean, the Red Tails. It would it would still be the same color scheme. I don't want them to change the color scheme from what no. is it like burgundy and gold, basically. Yes. Um, I'm I'm good with that. Uh, McKinnon jumps in. The Washington Red Tails is still by far my favorite choice. I, I'd be okay with that, but uh, but football team, totally fine. Totally fine. Like football team. The only thing that bothers me about football team is it's not as easy, like when we talk about them, it's not as easy to do like the SEO tags and whatnot for uh, for YouTube and for our website. So, like, how many people are going to search for football team and it actually pull up the Washington football team? You'd have to put in the whole thing. It's, it's a whole thing. But that's that's on the back end side. Most that people are going to put in WFT. Yeah. That's and that's what I put on today's show. But so, that's that's what that's what almost everybody uses. That's it, I like it. I like it. It's very easy to do. WFT, uh, not too far from WTF, of course. 
<laughs> hey, they're 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 pretty far from that though. They used to be that. Listen, they win a couple of divisions a couple, you know, years back to back. Yeah. You know, football teams start growing on folks. That's a, hey, McKinnon jumps in. He said, uh he said, I got to meet and have lunch with four of the original Red Tails when I was at the Air Force. Uh truly some of the most incredible men I've ever met. That's, I I'm bet sure. they were, man. The story I'm behind sure, yeah, that. That's, yeah, I mean, that's that's a different caliber person there, though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, Damien dumped in and said, uh, so I'm guessing Cleveland going to be the Cleveland baseball team, no, too? No, no, you no, don't no. take somebody else's stick. <laughs> this is this is the problem. Like, everyone assumes that now, well, Washington did this, so now, you know, Cleveland's going to do this, and one day we're going to send one of the teams from the hockey, and, and they're going to do it. You don't steal somebody else's stick, Okay. Yeah, the only reason Washington's do doing it is because that's what they were called for a long time before they took up the Redskins moniker. Like, I, I don't think anybody else is just going to do baseball team or baseball no, club. Or no, anything that's, like that. a, that's a lame joke, Damien. You're smarter than that. Be better than that. Stay, hey, Washington FC is better. No, it's <laughs> not. Ben. Washington football team. I like Much Washington football better. team. Uh, sticking with Washington, did you see that Dan Snyder has bought out all of his minority owners? He's now 100% owner. Yeah, he had he had some problems with his uh with with some minority owners, and well, I, I think a lot of them had problems with him, and uh, you know our boy Fred is one of them, yep. and uh, and he just yeah. said, you know what, screw it, I'll just handle it myself. I'll I'll do the whole thing. I got I the wonder, money. I wonder if Fred's going to get him a team. I would not doubt it. It does make the first me wonder one's if come up for sale, but I do wonder if they are going to uh, uh, drop FedEx Field, like if it's no longer going to be FedEx Field. Well, he said he was going to do that if they didn't change the name, but also he, you know, he he's not a big Dan guy anyway. Yeah, but it's, I don't know when the contract is up on it. I would yeah. just imagine it'll probably change eventually. Vince uh, said there's a lot of people who have problems with Dan Snyder. This is very true. Uh, but I, I did find it interesting that he just said, you know what, screw it. We are. I'm just rolling by myself. Like, I don't need any of y'all. I've got the money to be able to do this. I'm going to handle this from now on. Uh, Joe jumps in. Joe Casada said, "Hey, you guys stay off my Washington Washingtons." <laughs> I can get down. With I like them. It. I'm not I, saying off of them. I love them. I, I love them. I'm, I like I'm rooting it as for well. them all the time. We uh, before we get back to some NFL to close out the show, we will move to college football, and it is a common theme. It has happened over and over and over again. But Oklahoma head coach Lincoln Riley, uh, he is not releasing Chandler Morris, who is a backup quarterback. Obviously, Oklahoma's got their quarterback situation handled. Spencer Rattler is the dude. Chandler Morris decided he wanted to go to TCU to go play. Now, he's probably he'd have to sit behind Max Duggan this year anyway. But he wants to go to TCU. And Lincoln Riley, again, remember the same thing happened with Austin Kendall when he went to West Virginia. He just He doesn't want to release these kids so that they can actually play at the school of their choice. And we just talked about on our uh, SBR show about how the ACC was dropping that rule, but yeah. it still no, doesn't. The new, the new president of the ACC came in and said, we're doing this. The new commissioner said, yeah. this is a rule. However, the Big 12, uh, while, while they do allow you to transfer in conference, it is up to the coaches as to whether or not they will release them so that they can play immediately, all that kind of mess, right? This is one of the more frustrating things I have ever seen. It happens over and over and over again. And Lincoln Riley, this has happened multiple times now. What what do you even do in this situation? Like Chandler so, Morris, by the way, uh, Chad Morris's son. So let so, me 
let me tell you what you do right now, what, what I'm going to do. I'm going to call Lincoln Riley a grade A piece of shit, okay? Because his entire 2020 recruiting class was nothing but transfers. Yes. All right? He didn't recruit but like three incoming freshmen. And the rest were all transfers. And he wants to put this little caveat on it that, well, it's fine taking other kids from other places. I just don't want them to come from in conference. No, 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 no. You don't get to put caveats on things. These are kids playing for free, working for free, building you an empire, okay? Well, you make large sums of money and you wear that stupid little visor, okay? That's that's what's happening here, all right? If you wanted to walk away tomorrow and take that Texas job, you could with no benefits, no penalties at all, and just some booster write a big enough check and you you just go sit in that other seat tomorrow and nobody can stop you, all right? Yeah. How dare you build your entire damn team off transfers and then have the balls to block these kids? Now, Ben jumps in. He said, well, it makes sense that he doesn't want his players transferring to other Big 12 schools. Well, here's the problem with that. You don't get to tell them where they can transfer. Exactly. And he he brought in transfers a lot from Tennessee. Uh, Ben said you can't blame him as long as he's allowed to do this. That is true. We can blame him, though. No, because I, this I, is I'm going to blame him. I'm going to blame is, him. I'm going to judge the shit out of him. Just because you're allowed to be an asshole doesn't mean you should be an asshole to people who you have power over and they have zero power over you. If if there is somebody wanting to transfer closer to home, right? It's so Chad, or sorry, Chandler Morris, Chad Morris' son. Yeah. They live His in Texas. His dad Te- lives in Dallas. They, they live in Texas. Yeah. Like, if you want to go play for a big-time school. Not just Texas. They Because Texas is a big-ass state. Right. But they're from Dallas. They live but, in Dallas. TCU in Dallas. There are no Fort Worth. There are no other Power Five programs aside from Big Twelve schools around that area, other than Texas A and M. And I'm guessing that he does not want to go play for Jimbo Fisher. Like that's yeah. that's my guess. But I, you only have a limited number of options here to go play for a P five school. If it's one that's in conference, it shouldn't matter. If you're yeah. Lincoln Riley, you are taking transfers. You should allow guys to transfer out. Yeah. Like, if you don't take transfers, then I would have no problems with you ever saying, you know what, I don't, I'm not releasing anybody, but also I'm not taking anybody else's kids either. It, like if you're if you're gonna be so set in these ways and so set in these rules, I got no problem with that. Yeah. All right. But but let me tell you, I got a big problem with you building your entire team. And then just because your conference gives you the ability to block kids, you think it's your right, it's your duty to do so. Now, Charleston Rambo, like a wide receiver from Oklahoma, he transferred to Miami. Lincoln Riley had no problem with that. It is the it is all interconference. But that, that, but listen, it still you don't make get a to difference. tell these kids where to go. Exactly. You you don't get that privilege. You don't get that right. Well, it's, obviously well, they do get it because the Big Twelve allows them to. Exactly. But I'm just telling you, as like a social convention, you don't. If you're afraid of them, start them. And if you're and if they're not good enough to play for you, then why are you afraid of them? Exactly. But don't hinder what they've got because they've only got so many years of eligibility. You, this is a this is a young man's game, and most of these guys aren't going to go pro. Yeah. Don't take a year away from them of their life. Yes. Let them play. Just let them play. Like I, it, piece it's so, of shit. It's so that's irritating. what you are. Um, I think I think it's just super hypocritical. And, oh, and, and the so. caveat of oh, it's in conference, so it's different. Is nothing. That means nothing. That's a, a, yes, you are guaranteed to have to play against them. But what does it matter? I mean, Austin what, Kendall. Yeah, what does that matter? Like, Austin Kendall. The same thing happened to him. He didn't beat Oklahoma. 
Like, it, it wasn't even close. Uh, Damien said, if these students uh, don't want to be at these schools, why the hell do they pick them if they don't want to be there? Well, they pick them thinking that they can win a job. That's, yeah. that's why they pick them. They, they get sold a bill of goods, they show up, and they compete. And if they're not good enough to compete, then, and don't get me wrong, there is blame to win the job. There is that's blame okay. to go with the kids as well. Because if you look at last year, I was listening to a, a podcast from Tyler Siski, who used to be on the staff at Alabama and at Ole Miss and et cetera, et cetera. Um, he talks about this transfer problem. There, there were over 4,000 kids in the transfer portal last year and only over a little over 1,600 actually found homes. Like, this has happened year after year after year. These are guys that aren't good enough to latch on somewhere else because there's a whole crop of incoming freshmen and sure. the JUCO kids and everything else. If you transfer, as soon as you put your name in the portal, every school, every FBS school has the right to pull your financial aid, to pull your scholarship. If you ain't got a home to go back to, then you can be in trouble. So there is an issue for the kids. It's a risk. But even still, this kid's already found a home. Like, he is already going to TCU. He has to be released by Oklahoma to be able to play immediately. And and it's a pain. Like, it's all the way that these rules are all set up are so jacked. It just needs to be the same for every conference. Every, we we just everywhere. give these college coaches so much power, and they give them so much influence. Why do these kids make a, like make a, pick a school and then change their mind on that school? Well, I don't know because they were sixteen and seventeen years old when they chose their school. Yeah, and they, and they got and they got sucked into some hype that they were sold that they could do this and they could do that, and they got there and they realized, oh, this coach just sold me a bunch of bullshit. So yeah, they have a right to to, to choose to change to leave, but also they have a right to change their mind. This is not America. I mean, like, it is. Like, you still have the right to do that. Um, until they start getting contracts, until they start getting real compensation, not bullshit shopping at the company store, until they get real compensation in a contract, I think they should they should have the same freedoms coaches have. Uh, That's ben, all I'm asking for. Ben said, this seems more like a Big 12 problem than a Lincoln-Riley problem. He's just doing what he's paid to do. He said, and an NCAA problem. Um, so, so by by what doing what he's doing is he's forcing a kid that doesn't want to be on his team to stay on his team. That makes well, for a healthy relationship. That makes for a healthy locker room, doesn't it? He's not forcing That's exactly him, what I want. He's not forcing him to stay on his team. It's he he'll have to sit out a year of of playing. Like that's a, he'll he'll still get to be on TCU's team. It'll just be a year before he is allowed to play, and it's I mean it's another year. Gone. But what is that? Like, I, that? My question is this. Yes, yes, the Big 12 allows him to do this. The SEC also allows teams to do this. And, and some of those coaches. I don't believe so mm, anymore. The SEC. I think they do. No, I don't. I, don't, I think that that went by the wayside last year. Has that changed? Year. Yeah, I think, I think it changed last year. And then the ACC dumped. Changed uh, jumped this year. I knew yeah. the ACC just changed this year, this offseason. But, but just because you're allowed to do something doesn't mean you have to do that thing. How, how many other uh, coaches have you ever heard of uh, doing it? That don't do it. Because because I'm sure other kids have transferred within the conference yeah. of the Big 12. Yeah. And it doesn't make news. You know why it doesn't make news? Because those coaches just, if you don't want to be here and you're not good enough to start for me, why am I going to fight you on it? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, ben said, speaking of NCAA, do you have any opinions on the women's versus men's weight room thing? Uh, I think that was a uh, drastic overreaction, and I think it was a misunderstanding. That's what I believe. Now, so I don't believe I don't believe that at all. But that's fine. That's I I think I, I think mean, it maybe, was maybe complete calculation of we're not putting money into this, 
and the men the men get to use Lucas Oil Stadium and the women don't. They're staying in a hotel and and we're not spending money on getting them a locker room. I mean, it's entirely possible. I don't. I like, don't think it was a you get this little room. You get what the hotel provides as a weight room. That's what you get. We're not putting anything extra in it. Well, this no. Okay. This the weight room for the women was at the arena, uh, but they they said that it was supposed to be like an exercise room, kind of a warm up room to go yes. and get ready to go out on the court. It's at the. It's at one of the arenas down there. Um, okay, but it looks like a conference room to me. So it. Yeah, I mean well, the, new, the new at the facility arena. looks exactly like like where we had prom at. It looks like a like a like a hotel conference room. Yeah, I'm and I am in no way defending the NCAA. I just I, I think sometimes these stories go a little haywire, and maybe there's a little more going on behind the scenes than. I don't think the NCAA put that stuff in there. I think that stuff was there when they got there, and they said y'all can use this space, and they weren't going to put anything extra into it at all. And then when they got called on the carpet, Mark Emmerich, oh, I'm on, I'm on the Johnny on the spot, baby. I'm going to do an investigation to uh, find yeah, out what happened. Well, what that's, happened was you were sitting up in your penthouse on your ass doing nothing. That's yeah. what happened. Yeah, that's it. You you might should you were a hapless fool. You might should have actually uh, paid a little more attention to what was happening under you because you're the face of this thing. Like, just saying. Uh, McKinnon. So, so I, I would tell you, at some point in time, I would like to have a, a very, I don't know, nuanced conversation okay. about the intricacies of college athletics and the the sports that make money and the sports that don't make money and and the financing of, of those things and how they work at some point in time. Because Dan Wetzel brought up the something that I, I never thought of before. And, and, and I've, it's kind of been driving me crazy all day. It's all I've thought about. And it's basically the baseball and basketball, uh, football and basketball make, make all the money for all the other sports. Baseball pays yeah. for itself. It doesn't take anybody else's money, but it ain't anybody else's money. Um, it, can, it can't give anybody else money. It doesn't make any overflow. Um, football and basketball make all the money and they support all the other sports. And that, that all those other sports, those other sports are all women's sports. Okay. Yeah. But but well, then you stop nine. and you, it's but then you stop and you look at it and you think this is not just a men's versus women's thing. This is a 90% probably at least 85 80% of men's basketball and football are underprivileged minority kids, black and brown, and we're taking money from them. <clears throat> and yes, we're giving it to women, but but we're giving it to women who play majority country club sports, you know, like yeah. it's going to finance the rowing team and squash and, you know, the softball, at, volleyball at some, yeah. at some point in time, the conversation needs to be, had. not that we can't do this and not that it's not appropriate, but this is not, this is more complex than I thought of they're making all this money. These sports need to be funded. Take the money from him here. Give to these people, and it's fine. But who are we taking money from, and who really needs the money, and who can actually afford to play those other sports? Yeah, I mean, you you have a valid point. It it might be something for us to sit down and have a a nice long conversation. It's just about. something that when when Dan brought it up, I thought, damn, I Title Nine was put never, into effect years and years ago because yes. I mean it's it football at one point had no limit to scholarships, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a historic, it's a legacy thing, talking about Bear Bryant offering scholarships to kids just because he didn't want them to go 
play other at, at other schools. Um, I mean, you'd have hundreds of, of scholarship players on the football team. At now, it's been capped by the NCAA at 85 for FBS schools. But that 85, you have to have 85 uh, women's scholarships as well in order to make it equal because of Title IX that was passed decades ago, right? In that situation, there's not another sport that you're going to have 85 players suit up for. Like it, so right. you got to come up with a bunch of different sports, and that's why there's, there's a lot more women's teams on the majority of these. There's uh, track and field. There's soccer. There's volleyball. There's softball. There's uh, whatever else. Toss it all out there, right? Rowing and what, I mean, it, I don't know how many teams there are as far as rowing, but there's rifle. Like, at Ole Miss, rifle is all women. Yeah. But at Memphis, it's co-ed. Like, in, in other bet, places. I'm going to bet none of those men are scholarship players. Probably not. Because they're not going to use the scholarship. All the scholarships they're using are for baseball, basketball, and football. As a McKinnon shot rifle, he said, as a former college athlete, I can 100% promise you the bullshit you hear while being recruited is never-ending and has no ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's 100% true. Like, yeah, you're always sold a bill of goods with that stuff. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's... Which is why these people should have the ability to change their mind 100%. because they were lied to. Circling it back around, yes. They, Jesus. It's, it's not necessarily that they were lied to. It's not always a lie. Um, oh, it's sometimes, always a lie, Gary. But, At some point in time, so, they lied to him about something. Probably so. Like something probably was promised like, that I guarantee you a promise doesn't get fulfilled for 100% of these kids. That might not be everything that's said is a lie. In this situation, my guess would be that it was something along the lines of you will have every opportunity to compete for the starting job. Even though Spencer Rattler, the number one quarterback in the country, is coming in here. You yep. will have every opportunity to compete. It, I mean, sure, but like... If I didn't think you could play, I wouldn't recruit you. Hey, if I you didn't think all you could the win the job, <laughs> I wouldn't call you. That's, that's the Nick Saban line. Everybody's going to say, negative recruit, we don't play you. But then you get there and you never start. You waste two or three years of your life. Congratulations. Damien jumping in. He said, damn it, it's rigged. And then he said it again. Damn it, it's rigged. Everything is a lie. <laughs> Everything's rigged. My God. Uh, let's close out with some NFL talk right quick. And I'm a, I'm a little concerned about this, uh, this signing here. The Philadelphia Eagles have signed Joe Flacco. Now, did you see what the money was? No, uh -uh. I saw the signing. I didn't see any money, though. So, $3.5 million guaranteed, incentives up to $7.5 million. Okay. Okay. Uh, now, that's, that's Andy Dalton last year. That's Cam Newton this year. I mean, right, right. But here's the deal. So, he, he is signed, and, and the executives and whatnot in Philadelphia said that he is coming in to back up Jalen Hurts to be uh, the, the kind of mentor, you know, the, the steady hand behind him, all that kind of mess. It is is there a worse mentor than Joe Flacco out there? Like I, I don't know. Hey, here's here's the issue, right? Why I'm trying to figure out the signing because I think that there had to be some kind of a bidding war on Joe Flacco because he made 1.5 million last year for the Jets, went 0 and 4 as a starter, and was obviously washed up. Why would you then more than double his pay uh, the next go round? Like, what, who would do that? <laughs> uh, I don't. I, I think I think that's the going rate for a quarterback of his caliber. And I think that he just said, look, if you don't pay me this much, I'll just retire. I don't think there was a bidding more for him. Okay. I think he went to, to, to uh, Philadelphia because you can hit a golf ball from Philadelphia to, to Delaware 
which is where he's from. Yeah. And, and, and so I could, I could see, I could see him saying, look, I'll come play for you and, and I'll, I'll come play for an incentive based contract. And I'll, I'll work with, with, you know, uh, hurts and, and I'll, I'll do everything I can to, to make the organization better, but I'm, but I'm just going to retire if I can at least get this. Okay. I mean, it, I it think you sense. hold him. And I think if you're Philadelphia, I think you need a veteran. You want somebody in the locker room to to try to teach him something. Yeah, because Hurts you know, was the only quarterback on the roster. Uh, until, yeah, I was going to say he's he's still the only quarterback. Well, until until Joe, yeah, he he was. You know, it's not like they've got anybody else. That's it. So, you know, you they probably wanted a veteran. I don't know that there's another veteran out there. Everybody else is seemingly just retired and moved on. And so, you know, Josh, Josh McCown is a, is a, is kind of a long-term guy that's done this for a while. He's moved on. He's retired. He's not, he's not doing it anymore. Um, you know, I, I can't it, think of anybody. Yeah. I don't think Alex Smith is interested at all. So. No, I doubt it. I, doubt, I think Alex Smith wants to play. So yeah, but I, I don't know that Alex Smith is going to, going to get to play. I don't think he is either. But I, I also but I think don't think that done, he wants to I think sit. he's done trying to play that role. Or if he's not going to play, I think he probably wants to find somewhere where he can get on coaching. Yeah, I, I would not. And I that. might be wrong on that. He's never made a, any statement that said he wants to get into coaching. I, I just assumed he's, he's kind of really good at mentoring these guys. But if he's going to do it, let that be your job. Uh, Damien said they should have traded for Jimmy G. Why would you trade for Jimmy G and you've got Jalen? You spent a second round pick on him. And and on top of that, like they don't have a ton of capital, do they? Well, no, they don't have they don't have much cap space. I don't think. I think they are cap strat uh, right now. And and then what what assets would you give up? Like is yeah, that's, Jimmy well, that's, G that's, worth that's what I'm a first round pick? A, you know, a second round pick? I don't know. What did, I, I doubt it. I don't think so. That sounds like a bad plan. I wouldn't do that either. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. Uh, I mean, well, Jimmy's a hell of a lot better than than. Jalen Flacco, but, but I think he's better than Jalen right now. Well, yeah, he is better than Jalen, but but now you've got money tied up in Jalen, and I think they want to see. But I think got, this is going to be a reset year for the Eagles. Okay, they, oh yeah, they're they're cap strapped. They're not going to be very good. They're going to give Jalen, I think, all sixteen games if he can stay healthy, and they're going to see is this somebody we can build around, or do we need to go find another quarterback? That's what I believe is happening. I I think so as well. I think so as well. Um, moving on, last uh, last topic of the day. The Tampa Bay Bucks, they are bringing back Indomitian Sue. Kind of excited about that one year, ten million dollar deal. Uh, the last, fact that he last is, uh, last uh, uh, player to, to resign. Uh, yes, well, along with uh, offensive tackle Donovan Smith, who resigned for two years, thirty one point eight million dollars, and and check this out, somehow. They set the cap, and we've we've talked about this, you know, for a month at this point. They set the cap to where, even though he's making on average uh, over fifteen million dollars a year, he is going to be making uh, against the cap like three million dollars against the cap. Yeah, I don't understand it. I, don't, I they're just all pushing it to the back. They're just backloading all these contracts. Huh. I and mean, it's so if weird. we can win another title, then it's worth it. And we'll um, just suck after that. Hey, Joseph Gomez said, Eagles are closer to three years out from being competitive than one. Oh, yeah. I completely agree with yes. that. But I'm saying it's a one-year reset. That, that's a They have to see what they have in Jalen. And if they think they've got a quarterback, then all the, the dead cap is done after next year. They can go spend a bunch in free agency. They can make some moves. They can try to get better real fast. 
and, and, and get aggressive, or they can say, all right, we need to draft another quarterback and stretch this thing out and figure it out. So, yes, yes. Uh, but I think this year is the, the figure it out year. Oh, it most certainly is. Uh, so back to the bucks, uh, they, I mean, they're, they're making it another run, right? They, like, they are running it back. That defense is bringing back every 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 player, every starter. Um, they lose nobody. That they're going to be a force to reckon with. They were one of the best defenses in the country last year. I, I think they're going to be the same this year. I don't think that's going anywhere, and and probably a little bit better with another year under Todd Bowles and 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 that defense. I think the offense is is only going to get better. I mean, they were able to do what they did with no offseason whatsoever. And, no and time. Two, I mean, the reason the first half of the season probably looked like shit for them was because so many new pieces, new faces, new names, and and now they're going to have an entire offseason. Now, do I think they'll win it all again next year? No, I think I think they'll be in the consideration. I think they're going to make the playoffs, and, you know, they could probably try to make another run. I think it's really hard to repeat. Um, and this is not but, a team that's going to go undefeated or anything like that. No, this is, no, and, but they don't want to. No, they're, Tom, they're a bunch of veterans. Tom fully understands that's not important. Being healthy and playing at your best in January is the only thing that matters. Yes. Yes. It doesn't matter that the Chiefs started, what, 14-1 and one last right. year? Um, it doesn't matter the that day, the Steelers started 11-0. and 0. Yeah. If that stuff doesn't matter. If you were not what healthy you in the playoffs. What you do in September and August and, 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 and October and November doesn't matter at all. Not one bit. Nope. You are correct. I mean, as remember the As long as you can be in the playoff race, it just doesn't matter. They want it from the wild card spot. They know it, it, it's just not important. Yeah. Yes, is it better to get the bye? Absolutely. <laughs> Damien, another Brady Super Bowl. Whoop-de-doo. Damn, you old fart. <laughs> hey, man. People getting fired up about this. And that's He's all right. the best. It's a, it, yeah, he he understands how this works, and yes. and he will stay there for as long as he can keep playing. Um, I mean, it is what it is, but it is incredibly surprising to me that they were able to work this thing out. Yeah, and, I couldn't believe they got everybody back. That's that's absurd after a Super Bowl win. Like that's I don't the, know that's ever happened before. Once even uh, the Patriots was a thing. Yeah, even the Patriots were not able to do this. Well, no, like, they, they've always that, – that's one of the things that made that run great, the first run and the second run and the, and the middle run. Like, the, the, the reason it, it was always an amazing story with Tom and Bill was is all the other cast of characters changed so much year in and year out. And, and you know, you lose so many important people to so many different things. And, and doing what they did, everybody before the Patriots that had – historic teams, quote-unquote, they did it all before the salary cap era. They did it all before free agency. Yeah. And and so, yes, Jimmy Johnson put together a team in the Cowboys that were unbelievable. And guess what? Jerry didn't have to lose those guys ever. They couldn't go play for anybody else unless he traded them. He owned them for the rest of their life. Those old-school Steelers teams, those old-school 49ers teams, once you were drafted, you were there forever unless the team traded you or released you. That's it. That's the list. And and there's there's nothing you could do about it. Bill had to do this knowing he was going to lose major pieces of the puzzle. The the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are doing this and they didn't lose anybody. Yeah. It's really insane. Uh Joseph Gomez, Brown, Gronk, Godwin, Evans, and Fournette played only about six to seven games together due to injury. It's going to yeah. be pretty scary if they're 100%. Well, not yeah. just due to injury, due to, due to just the fact that, you know, there was just no real cohesion. There was no offseason. There was no, you know, working together. 
And Brown yeah. didn't even – I mean, he got in, what, after 10 games? I was I just mean, about to say, I, I think Brown maybe played two regular season games. It, it wasn't many. the playoffs. <laughs> it wasn't many at all. I mean, no, he was it wasn't many at all. For, I, I, for the first I, do th- I do think that that offense could take a huge step forward. But it's the NFL. Weird things are going to happen. I don't know what it's going to be. I'll tell you, this says a lot about Bruce, though. I do oh, think yeah. this says a lot about Bruce Arians. I think guys like playing for him. I think those the players in that locker room trust Todd Bowles. They trust Bruce. I think Byron is coming into his own. And and I I think the three most important pieces to that puzzle are the three head coaches and and OCs and DCs. I, I just think I just think those guys matter. I think they do as well. I think they do as well. All right. Is there anything else that has popped up that we need to hit on? Uh, I mean, you know, more more Patriot blowhard stuff. Trent Brown signed today with the Patriots after being traded from the Raiders. Not bad. And uh, he, he said, very glad to be back with the Patriots. Quote, unquote, it wasn't a good fit in Oakland. <laughs> I, would, I would imagine. Oakland not. went from the best offensive line in the league. They lost three of the five best offensive linemen in the country. Yes. In one offseason. And what they got for him was one third-round draft pick and two fifth-round draft picks. Not is, what you want, John. No, Not what you want, Chucky. Uh, whew, that is something else. That anyway. is something else. Uh, Misha Tate is coming out of retirement for uh, the UFC. So, And then we had another, uh, let's see, another UFC fight off of the uh, the 260 card that has been postponed due to COVID. So lots of stuff with UFC. I'm sure we'll talk about yeah. that a little bit on the next show before uh, before this weekend's big Francis Ngannou and Stipe Mayokic, uh fight. So, we will, we will have more to discuss, of course. Uh, make sure that you are subscribed everywhere you need to be subscribed at the podcast and all that. We're changing up the schedule a little bit. Chris and I have, uh, we're going to be doing at least one solo show each per week, along with the live shows and whatever else. We're going to try and get the Friday show out earlier in the day. Uh, it's not going to be a live show, but uh, some, some weeks it'll be solo. Some weeks it'll be both of us. Who knows? Uh, this week, I believe it will be both of us. We'll, uh, we'll figure all that stuff out, but... You will have it in your podcast feed on Friday mornings from here on. Uh, same thing for the Monday shows. Um, and we'll have a, a Monday afternoon live show as well. So Monday and Wednesday, still going live, no issue. But uh, but we're trying to get out more content to you on a more regular basis. And that is the plan going forward. Uh, Damien jumps in, last comment. John Gruden equals Nagy. Dumbass. <laughs> That's Pretty true. They've wasted true. his first three years there. Hey, but hey, they signed another good running back, though. So oh, that's, of course they did. They got that going for them. So they've got two quarterbacks, but they don't really have one quarterback that's great. They got two very good running backs, but but no offensive line anymore. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. going Looks like it's going well, John. I, I think you're probably right about that. It's going well. All right. Go to sbrpicks.com slash ncaaf. Go to winningcureseverything.com. Knock all that stuff out. Check out the new picks page. It is uh, cleaned up. It looks a lot better. Uh, and we will continue to update thing uh, that thing as we go along. But uh, make sure you are subscribed on YouTube, on the podcast, etc. Leave comments. Leave nice reviews. All that fun stuff. And, uh, and check out our SBR college football show for this week. Our FCS previews. All that kind of stuff are up there as well. Uh, Chris, anything else? We're good? That's it, brother. Let's do this thing. You guys take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully... All of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. 
If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.